0: It's just different. What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Instant Replay Podcast, and boy let me tell you all you know what first things first hi how are you all doing listen you know i i don't even have the words (laughs) i truly don't have the words to explain everything that's been going on just been super busy um so for those of you who were probably looking, wondering if this podcast was still going to be uh, ongoing uh, and everything, wondering why you hadn't seen me upload in like a month and a half. Um, Your boy's been busy. Your boy's been busy, that's really all I can say. (laughs) But um, we are back. Thank you all so much for being patient. Thank you all so much for the continued support. Thank you all for the words of encouragement uh, thank you all for sticking around, you know? Um, so I want to first give a thank you to everyone listening today and who has been listening, uh, since I started this about a year ago, um, or over a year ago now. So yeah, thank you guys so much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, and I promise Although I've promised, I so I've made this promise before. But I, I genuinely do promise uh, we're going to be consistent with this. You guys don't have to kill me in the mentions or anything like that asking me, hey, are we still getting our two episodes a week? You will get your two episodes a week. We will be going back to the Tuesday and Friday format. Um, I held off recording Tuesday, actually, because I wanted to um, I actually wanted to wait until I saw the episode of Hard Knocks. The first episode of Hard Knocks came out last night, and I was like, you know what? I'd like to talk about that. I'd like to see what episode one was about. So I held off on recording Tuesday, but now we are here. Also, just as a little bit of a forewarning, I sincerely hope you all cannot hear the lightning and the thunder in the background. There is a massive storm going on outside. You know, it's not even a massive storm because it's not even raining like it's not raining at all it's just cloudy but like i see lightning strikes and i can hear the thunder in the background so if you guys hear it my apologies you might have heard it just yeah that might be it right there anywho we're gonna try and 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 power through this but for those new viewers welcome thanks for joining um like i said before this is the instant replay podcast I am your host, Dominic Swarovski. We talk about uh, basically anything that I see fit, Uh, uh, anything that I feel like is worth talking about uh, across the sports landscape, and today we're going to start off with the NFL, my favorite sport, and most importantly, we are, as of today, 29 days from the start of the regular season. We are 29 days away from Cowboys, Buccaneers. And a lot has happened since we last spoke. Um, The biggest news, I would say, as of right now, is the situation between Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers. Um, They... Aaron Rodgers, you know, originally when we when we were first reporting on this, we spoke about how Aaron Rodgers was missing uh, training camp. He now, granted, those were voluntary training camps and practices and things like that, um, but it seems as if Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers were able to come to some sort of agreement, and were able to at least come together for the sake of this one season. Now, I have to give Aaron Rodgers a huge, massive, massive, massive ton of credit because I love exactly what he did when he came back in to the Packers facility. He showed up for, you know, mini camp or training camp, and practices. And day one, he got in front of that mic and he absolutely tore that building to pieces. He shredded the organization up there on the mic. And it's insane because I've never seen a player go up there in like, in front of the Packers uh, background, like they got their backdrop behind him literally in their own facility and he was just like yeah the people that run this franchise and and it was a moment where he was talking and he actually said you know i i love i love the team i love the fans i love this or and he almost said organization and had to catch himself right because he was so used to saying it but the fact of the matter is like it's very clear that there is absolutely love love lost between the two sides. And I think it makes for a very interesting – the Packers are going to be one of the most interesting teams to watch this year because not just in the regular season, like we should be paying a lot of attention to the Green Bay Packers during these preseason games, right? Like preseason starts this week. What does Jordan Love look like? Because mind you, we haven't really seen Jordan Love a lot. We have not really seen him play at all since he's been in Green Bay truthfully. So it's gonna be a very it's gonna be a very important um preseason for Jordan Love and for the Green Bay Packers because the way that it has been reported, it seems as if Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers have come to some sort of agreement where, at the end of this season they will work a trade for him or at the very least make it easier for him to ask to be released or you know something like that so that way he can explore free agency but for all intents and purposes this is going to be aaron Rodgers' last year in green bay i would be i would i would bet all the money in my pockets to all the money in your pockets that this is aaron Rodgers's last year in green bay um and then it's just a matter of time before he ends up in denver because that is where everyone assumes that he's going to go he's going to take that tom brady route of i'm going to look around and i'm going to find a team that is super bowl ready outside of the quarterback position if you look at denver that's exactly what they are like They're trying to figure out who their quarterback is between Drew Locke and uh, Teddy Bridgewater. But when you look at the rest of that roster, they've got a good offensive line. Um, Melvin Gordon is still there. They also drafted a young running back who I believe will eventually take over that number one spot from Melvin Gordon. You have Cortland Sutton on one side of the field. You have Jerry Judy on the other. You have Noah Fant in the middle. At tight end, you have a defense that has a ton of talent led by Von Miller, uh, Bradley Chubb on the other side, Justin Simmons, one of the best safeties in the league in the backfield. Like this Broncos team is stacked everywhere outside of the quarterback position. If Aaron Rodgers was to go there, it would be great for football. It would make the Denver Broncos an immediate Super Bowl contender. And also that would mean that we would see Aaron Rodgers versus Patrick Holmes twice a year and who doesn't want that but the Aaron Rodgers saga definitely seems like it is coming to an end in Green Bay and I can't blame him you know like I said when he it, it's hard to not feel for Aaron Rodgers and it's hard to not be on his side when he goes up there and like I said during that first interview um, during that first I guess press conference he just goes up there and basically it's just like it's basically just like yeah this front office has a problem dealing with people they forget that we're people they don't treat us like we're people right like it it was it was amazing and the way and the way he just rattled off name after name after name of guys that have been done wrong by the green bay packers towards the end of their careers all of that stuff like it was incredible to see I've never seen someone just absolutely tear down an organization like that in their facility in front of their own backdrop. Like it was, it was wild, but Hey, when you're Aaron Rodgers, you can do that type of stuff. Um, so again, Green Bay Packers are going to be very interesting to keep, uh, keep an eye on them. I'm very, very, very interested to see what they do. Um, because you know, like, what happens if Aaron Rodgers wins a championship? Like, what if this is the year they've been been—they've been to the NFC Conference championship game, back-to-back years, lost. Like, they've been within one win of going to the Super Bowl two straight years. What if this is the year they finally get over the hump? What if this is the year that Aaron Rodgers wins his second title? Can you rebuild that bridge that, I mean, has been... They didn't just burn it to the ground. They burned it to the ground and then they burned the ashes and then they spread the ashes out somewhere where no one could ever find them. Like this bridge is completely destroyed. So we'll see. I, I, I genuinely don't know. Like if that were to happen, that throws a huge, huge wrench. But I, I feel like Aaron Rodgers is a man of conviction and is not one to double back on a decision. I don't think he does a lot of backtracking. Um, so I think it's going to be it's going to be very interesting, again. Uh, but I do believe Aaron Rodgers will be done at the end of the year, and that's why, again, watching Jordan Love during this preseason is going to be so interesting because how he plays is going to be a big indicator of really what the Packers' future is going to look like for the next three or four years. You know, if Jordan Love isn't the guy, boy and that's and and that's the thing too and I, I don't want to just sit here on the Green Bay Packers because we have other things to talk about so I'm going to get to that but that's the thing too to think about like what if Jordan Love isn't the guy what if Jordan Love just can't make it in the NFL or not even that he can't make it in the NFL what if he's just again just not a franchise quarterback Ooh, that's going to be a tough pill to swallow. You basically pushed out Aaron Rodgers for this kid. You could have used those picks, you know, that pick to bring someone in to help out, maybe win another Super Bowl. You could have possibly kept Aaron Rodgers until he was well into his 40s because that's what it sounds like he wants to do. He wants to play into his 40s. He seems like he can. He seems like he's in great shape. Like, you could have had maybe five or six maybe even seven more years of Aaron Rodgers and you threw it away for this kid who couldn't make it that's going to be a tough pill to swallow for the Green Bay Packers so we'll see what happens there like I said season starts in about 29 days uh four weeks and four weeks in a day four weeks from tomorrow we will have real NFL football and not preseason football but um like I said Green Bay Packers are definitely going to be a team to keep our eyes on. Moving on from them, one of the teams that I had my eye on are eyes, my eye, one of my Cyclops. Um, <laughs> one of the teams that I had my eye on because I, again, looked at this roster, I looked at the coaching staff, and I looked at the moves that they made, the Indianapolis Colts. Um, if you know me, you know I am a huge supporter of Carson Wentz. I think Carson Wentz gets a terrible rap. And I think that people unfairly have unfairly judged him and his capabilities as an NFL quarterback over the past couple years. I think people don't take into consideration that he has played with next to nothing almost his entire career. Like I don't think people really realize that. Like, and people always want to try like the the big topic was, you know. Carson versus Dak and all this other stuff, right? Like that was, and Carson Wentz is, the, is a better quarterback than Dak Prescott, quite honestly, by a mile. Um, I'm sure I'm going to get some pushback on that, especially after the contract that Dak Prescott just signed. But Carson Wentz is a much better quarterback than Dak Prescott is, in my opinion. And it shows in just how far Carson has led a team And just, I make this point a lot. Imagine what Carson Wentz would do if he had one of the best offensive lines in football in front of him, Ezekiel Elliott to hand the ball off to, Amari Cooper on one side of the field, CeeDee Lamb on the other, Michael Gallup working out in the slot, and even if it was a 36- or 37-year-old version of him, Jason Witten at tight end. Like, Legitimately, the best offensive weapon Carson Wentz has had in his career has been Zach Ertz. Now you're taking Carson Wentz and you're putting him into a situation in Indianapolis where he's going to have great offensive line in front of him. He's got multiple great running backs behind him and Marlon Mack and, of course, Jonathan Taylor. Um, Their wide receiver room, in my opinion, still leaves a little bit to be desired, but still you have good pieces around him. You know, Michael Pittman, um, they re-signed T.Y. Hilton, Jack Doyle is still there, you know, things like that. And then, of course, they have a great defense. I was someone who I thought the Colts if everything worked out properly I was someone who was of the mindset that the Colts would be the biggest threat to the Chiefs in the AFC and then injuries started happening <laughs> um, and it just seemed like they kept on getting hit with injury after injury it was like you have to feel for the Colts right now um, Darius Leonard Uh, who is one of the—excuse me—knocking stuff over over here. But Darius Leonard, who was one of the best linebackers in the league, they just broke him off, gave him a huge contract. Congrats to him. He's well-deserving of it. And, hey, I will—moment of transparency. I will eat crow for that one. Like, I will take my medicine there because I was very critical of the Indianapolis Colts when they drafted him. I did not think—and it wasn't even necessarily that I didn't think Darius Leonard— i didn't think darius leonard would be bad i just didn't think that he would be a huge impact player i thought he would be run of the mill um and i criticized them heavily i criticized them heavily for their entire draft class that year actually i was not happy with a lot of the picks that they made during that draft um but hey that's why chris ballard is the gm and not me Um, so Darius Leonard, congrats to him, but he was dealing with a little bit of a tweak. Uh, seems like everything on his end, he'll be fine. But the two basically pillars of this offense and going down with the same injury, Carson Wentz and Quentin Nelson, both, um, have to go and have the same, uh, surgery on their foot to basically remove a piece of bone from their foot. Uh, Carson stem Carson's uh, injury stemmed from I guess a fracture that he had suffered way back in high school that had just kind of healed improperly but it never really um, caused any discomfort or pain before until you know now it's just after a couple years in the NFL you know you step on it wrong one day and then just like I said just the the rigors of an NFL season all right that bone may be pops out again, and it's like, okay, now we have to move, remove it. Uh, in Quentin Nelson's situation, actually, they said it was a a birth defect, um, a physical anomaly where his foot just, he was born like that, you know? And so they ended up having to have the same uh, surgery, both from what we were told went very well. The thing that was scary, though, was there was such a wide time frame um between the two right so it was like oh yeah so they had successful surgeries but they could be back anywhere from five to 12 weeks and again i'm no doctor (laughs) you know i i I play armchair doctor sometimes when i'm at home uh, and try and diagnose people from what i see on on the field or something like that right but i was just sitting there and i was like Five to 12 weeks is a really large gap. Like, what? And and it immediately, you go to, it's like, okay, well, if this is something where it's more so on the 12-week side, that means you could be without Carson Wentz and Quentin Nelson for the maybe the first four, five weeks of the season? That's... Gonna be rough. That puts you in in a super deep hole. Um, now there are some reports that came out today that Carson Wentz and Quentin Nelson both are doing well, and the Colts are optimistic and expect them to be ready for Week One. Um, but it was just, it was just like goodness. How can a team be more snake bitten? You know like think about what the Colts have had to deal with really for like the past decade. Um, Peyton Manning ends up having like nerve problems in his neck, right? Like, so they have to move on from Peyton Manning because of a freak injury. And like, just like I said, like, and no one can blame them. You know, even Peyton Manning told, you know, when he um, last year during the Super Bowl, when the uh, when the inductees were announced for the Hall of Fame, he talked about, you know, he was like, there were no hard feelings because I completely understood why they had to make the move they did uh, when it came to the Colts. But, you know, the Colts have to move on from Peyton Manning a couple years early, which I'm sure they didn't want to do. Then you you are lucky enough to get Andrew Luck, but then you can't protect him. And Andrew Luck just spends his entire career, basically, like, it felt like every offseason, Andrew Luck was in rehab. And eventually, he just lost a love for the game, and now you have, who in my opinion was one of the elite quarterbacks in the league, retire after what eight seasons, six like Andrew. It feels like Andrew Luck's time in the NFL was so short because it was, and he retires like what two weeks before the season starts, and so it's like, damn, okay, so now we kind of move on from Andrew Luck, and it's okay, we got Jacoby Brissett in here, and. All right, we got Brian Hoyer in here. We bring Philip Rivers out for a one year deal. He leads the team to the playoff, to the playoffs in, in a game that, in all honesty, they should have won. They should have won that game against Buffalo last year in the postseason. But that's last year, and now Philip Rivers retires. You trade for Carson Wentz, and now Carson Wentz has to get another surgery that could sideline him from five to twelve weeks. And the reason why that's such a big deal is because not only like. It's like, okay, damn, Carson is hurt again. But like he's with a new team. Granted, he's worked in this system before. He's been with um, the head coach before. uh, The head coach for the Colts was the former offensive coordinator for the Philadelphia Eagles when Carson uh, Wentz was, was there. So, you know, they have a rapport and whatnot. But even though he knows this system it's still like those are precious reps, you know, each practice, especially for a guy who's new to the team. This is so important, right? Like those, like you cannot overstate how important it is to get those repetitions, to have that timing for everyone to be on the same accord for him to understand, okay, T Y takes this many steps before he breaks in on an out route or, you know, Michael Pittman, uh, takes a like it takes him maybe 15 yards before he hits top speed and so that way I know when to air the ball out. like all of those things are built through practice and through repetition and now that he's having to basically be sidelined, he's gonna miss out on that. and even if he is ready week one, I think the Colts might struggle a little bit. Now all that being said, there is something that has been going around that people have been suggesting that I want to nip in the bud right now and tell you all that it is absolutely stupid to think of it. And anyone who is thinking or says that this is a good idea, maybe it's a good, it's (laughs) same situation. It's a good idea that you're not, it's a good thing that you're not the general manager of the Indianapolis Colts. I have seen far too many people sitting back and saying, okay, Carson Wentz, let's be safe. Let's bring in another quarterback. And immediately for what, I've seen so many people come out and say, oh, they should go and get Nick Foles. And I don't, I, I don't know how anyone with a logical mind, anyone who is of sound mind and spirit, can sit back and think Nick bringing in Nick Foles is a good idea for the Indianapolis Colts let's just paint the picture for you. One of the main things with Carson Wentz coming to Indianapolis, it wasn't just about building him back up as a football player, right? Like it wasn't just physically building him back up mechanically building him back up. A big part of this was mental. Getting Carson Wentz back into a mental capacity where he's not trying so hard to make every play because now he trusts his guys it's 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 really that mental of getting back and understanding hey this is your team like and i'm not just not to say that you need to coddle him but you kind of do need to be sensitive with him you need to be understanding with him and why on earth would you think bringing in the guy who basically, in all honesty, is the reason Carson Wentz is not in Philadelphia anymore. Like, think about that. If Nick Foles doesn't go on to win a championship in Philadelphia, I don't think they ever move on from Carson Wentz. If Nick Foles, if Carson Wentz doesn't get injured, or if Nick Foles doesn't get hurt, or I'm sorry, if Carson Wentz doesn't get injured and Nick Foles doesn't lead that team to the Super Bowl, Carson Wentz is probably still in Philadelphia today. the guy that you are supposed to be mentally rebuilding and getting back to 100% and getting back to his top levels of confidence because you want that guy that was there three, four years ago, that's the Indianapolis Colts job right now. The quickest way to kill any progress that you have made with Carson Wentz would be to bring in Nick Foles. Because now you're literally just forcing him to relive the same nightmare he was just in. And I've seen so many people saying, oh, well, we're just bringing in Nick Foles to be a backup. And, and if you're a starting quarterback and you're that worried about the, about the backup position, you shouldn't be a starter in the NFL. And all this other garbage, like, right? All this stuff that that sounds cool, but it's garbage. These are human beings that you're dealing with. Again, going back to the Aaron Rodgers point, you're dealing with human beings. Human beings have feelings. Human beings have egos. And with every situation, there's context, right? Mike Tomlin, head coach of the Pittsburgh Steelers, my favorite team. Y'all know this. I'm a fan of the Steelers. I will ride for Mike Tomlin to the day I die. I bleed black and yellow. Mike Tomlin, one of my favorite quotes from Mike Tomlin is, situations are situational. Because it's so true. Each situation is different. You cannot take the same approach. And in all honesty, one, you have the whole aspect of Nick Foles, like the mental aspect, but also Nick Foles ain't really been worth a damn the last two years if we're being completely honest. Right? Like Nick Foles got injured when he was in Jacksonville and then really... They tried to see what they could do. Couldn't beat out Gardner Minshew. Then got traded to Chicago. Couldn't beat out Mitchell Trubisky. And now he's third on the roster behind Justin Fields and Andy Dalton. It's not like Nick Foles has been lighting it up. (laughs) Right now, I get it. Obviously, you would say, well, he'd be with the same offensive coordinator he was with back when he won the Super Bowl and all this other stuff he'd be in a situation that he knows he'd be or Frank Reich I'm sorry he'd be back with Frank Reich Frank Reich was the is the head current head coach of the Indianapolis Colts he'd be back there but it's not worth it like hell if anything go grab Phillip Rivers out of retirement because Philip Rivers has said hey you know even though I'm coaching high school football you know in his in his you know good country boy accent you know I'm, I'm coaching high school football down here but I haven't I haven't closed the door on the NFL just yet right go and get Phillip Rivers out of retirement to come in here like especially if because it's not worth it again like it's not worth destroying everything that you have built trying to get Carson Wentz back because here's the thing you cannot be short-sighted with this and that's one of the things that I keep hearing everyone says is everyone's like oh well I want to win games okay even if you do bring in Nick Foles, and let's say Carson Wentz does miss the first five games of the season, right? You bring in Nick Foles. Do you really think Nick Foles is making you go four and one? You really think you're going to go five and zero with Nick Foles? No, you're not. In all actuality, maybe at best you go three and two. But in all actuality, in my opinion, you'd probably go two and three. Two and three if Nick Foles is a starter for this for this uh Indianapolis Colts squad. But by doing that, you could ruin your relationship with Carson Wentz. And then what happens if Carson Wentz gets so upset by what you all did and he feels betrayed and stabbed in the back and he says, all right, get me out of Indianapolis. I don't want to be here anymore either. Do you really want to sacrifice possibly having a franchise quarterback for the next 10 years just so you can win two meaningless games in September? doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense at all. Um so we'll see what happens with the Colts again, another team that I'm going to have a very very close eye on. I'm rooting for you Carson Wentz. I hope he's there week 1. I hope he's healthy and uh Quentin Nelson as well. I really think this Colts team has a chance to be special. I felt like they were one of those teams that were definitely in that conversation of being a quarterback away from uh being in real super bowl contention and here we are now i believe they have their have the right quarterback for the job hopefully he can stay healthy so we'll see what's going on there um spoke about hard knocks obviously hard knocks was on last night uh good first episode i'm very happy that they've gone away from the two team thing from last year you know like Last year they did the Los Angeles Rams and the Chargers, and I just thought it was kind of tacky. Thought it was kind of gimmicky. I didn't really care for it, but good, pretty good, pretty good first episode out of uh, Hard Knocks from this uh, from this Dallas Cowboy squad. I am interested. You know, there's definitely a lot of story points that they'll be able to hit. You know, I, with the first episode, it's usually all just the starters and like or the stars of the team so you know Dak prescott got a lot of a lot of uh face time on the first episode which is expected obviously he's making over 40 million dollars a year now he's the star of this team he's the franchise quarterback also coming off of a gruesome injury um a lot of face time for ezekiel elliott it was a pretty good scene in there actually of mike mccarthy showing uh showing The team a clip from Austin Powers from Austin Powers movie where uh, (laughs) Dr. Evil's talking about Austin Powers is a mojo and that led into their whole mojo moments and stuff like that which I thought was a pretty cool idea listen Mike McCarthy (sighs) I like Mike McCarthy as a person I think he's cool guy he's definitely one of the coaches I would love to have a beer with right he's one of those coaches I do fear, though, that this NFL has just moved past him. I think that the landscape and just the philosophy and the offenses have changed so much. And I think he's just a tad bit outdated. And listen, he blew all that smoke about how he and his team sat back, you know, him and a bunch of. Uh, his guys from his former staff, you know, coordinators and stuff, sat down for the last two years, and they were hunkered down in a basement just studying the new NFL. And then he came into Dallas, and even before Dak Prescott got hurt, this Cowboys team was trash, right? Now, granted, when Dak Prescott went down, they were absolute garbage, but they were like one in three with Dak Prescott as the starter during last year, like even before he got injured. So this is going to be a big year is big. Mike has a big year coming up um, because now it's like, okay, your offensive line is healthy. You got Dak Prescott back. You got his contract situation figured out. You got Zeke, you got Amari, Michael Gallup, CeeDee Lamb. You have a defense that's improving. You got rid of a, uh, terrible old mike nolan uh who was the defensive coordinator last year who didn't know what the hell he was doing um now you got dan quinn in there who in my mind great defensive coordinator especially back when he was in seattle wasn't that great of a head coach in atlanta but he knows defenses and so there's gonna there's not gonna be any excuses there's not gonna be any excuses this year for Mike McCarthy and the Dallas Cowboys. I think this is a big year for him. Um, But we'll see. Like I said, uh, it was cool seeing some of the highlights from the Hall of Fame game and just some of the the behind-the-scenes stuff. There's a great scene of Micah Parsons, uh, the rookie linebacker for the Dallas Cowboys, getting pretty upset when Dan Quinn calls him and lets him know, hey, uh, you're done for the day. And he's like, but I'm just getting warmed up. Like, I just got comfortable. Can, Can I go back in for another series? And Dan is just like, yeah, no. That's this is how preseason goes, buddy. Yeah, had a nice had a nice couple couple drives. You're done for the day, um. But I, I will definitely I will definitely be tuned in to see what uh, what else happens with these um with these Dallas Cowboys during hard knocks. Also, speaking of the Hall of Fame game, that actually leads me to a, a new segment, actually that i wanted to bring up and i hope you guys enjoy it so moving forward we'll be doing um i'll be posting on twitter for you guys to send questions in um you can either dm them to me you can just reply to the tweet Um, but i want you guys to send in questions to me about anything sports related Hell, you know what? It doesn't even have to just be sports related. It can be pop culture. It can be food. It can be music. It can be really anything. Um, But obviously, being that this is a sports show, I'm going to ask more so for the sports questions. But uh, this new segment, like I said, new segment that we have here, it's called Shoot from the Hip. And during this segment, I will try to answer as many tough questions as possible in one minute. Okay. That is the goal. That is what we're trying to do here. So, with that being said, this is a Hall of Fame edition. The Hall of Fame game was played last week. Steelers won. No biggie. But I have one minute to answer as many of these questions. And this is a Hall of Fame edition. So, what does it mean? Well, there are a bunch of players who are retired... Who will be eligible for the for the Hall of Fame soon? Um, right now, I'm going to give you my answer on whether or not these individuals are indeed Hall of Famers, whether or not they deserve to go in. But this is our first shoot from the hip segment, and first up, okay, first name Philip Rivers. I like Philip Rivers. I think he's a very good quarterback. However, I it's hard for me to put him in that conversation of hall of fame i don't put him in the same conversation or the same reverence as ben roethlisberger drew Brees, peyton manning tom brady terry bradshaw joe montana guys like that so philip rivers no um next name eli manning yes you beat the greatest dynasty of all time the greatest head coach of all time the greatest quarterback of all time twice in the most meaningful game yes eli manning is a hall of famer next up we have who was it devin hester okay Devin Hester, um, as a return man, yes. Not as a not as a um wide receiver, but as a return man, yes. Next up, Anquan Bolden. No. Next up, Frank Gore. Um, I like Frank. Oh goodness. Uh, I only got two seconds left. Uh all right, well this will be the last one. <laughs> Gore, um, oh goodness. I'm well over the minute now, but okay. Since this is the last one, I'll take my time with this one. Frank Gore, I like. I like a lot. And there is something to be said about his, his sustained level of longevity. But it's hard for me to put a guy in the Hall of Fame when I've never, ever considered him to be even one of the five or seven or maybe even ten best running backs in the league at any point in his career. I love Frank Gore. I have a ton of respect for Frank Gore. I do not think Frank Gore is a Hall of Famer, so I'm going to say no. Rich Eisen is going to be mad at me about that. I already know Rich Eisen. Rich Eisen has been one of the guys. Shout out to Rich Eisen. I love him, by the way. Uh, Rich Eisen has been one of the guys who was really, really, really pushing for Frank Gore to be a Hall of Famer. Um, But I just don't see it. And, you know, I think the Hall of Fame... There needs to be some sort of reverence, you know. My um, my colleague at Nuts and Bolts Sports, Jeff Barnes, I love the way that he kind of sets the criteria for whether or not a player should be in the NFL, should be in the Hall of Fame or not. And he basically says, "Can you tell the story of the NFL without mentioning that person? If you can tell the story of the NFL without mentioning that person, they're not a Hall of Famer." And I think you could very easily tell the story of the NFL without mentioning Frank Gore's name once. And because of that, it's hard for me to put him in that same class as the Walter Paytons, the Barry Sanders, the Jim Browns, the Ladanian Tomlinson's, the Jerome Bettises, Franco Harris's like so many great running backs before him. It's hard for me to put him in that conversation. That's enough football talk because we've been, we've we've talked football for about forty minutes here. Um, we have a bunch of other things to get into. Um, so let's talk let's let's talk some hoops. NBA. So first things first, and this is just again another showing of just how long I have been off off air, so to speak. Um, congrats to the Milwaukee Bucks. Winning a championship, Giannis, well-deserved. Um, coming up against some adversity as well. They were down 2 nothing in that series. It looked like Phoenix was 100% in control. And shout-out to Milwaukee. They did exactly what they needed to do. Giannis played like he was one of the greatest players in the world. Uh, finals MVP had, like, what, 50 or something like that in Game 6 to really ice this uh, series. Um, so shout out to them. Great moves uh, for the Bucks, And it, it was nice to see a small market team win a championship. It was nice. And granted, yes, would the Phoenix Suns have been there if the Lakers were healthy? Probably not. Would the Milwaukee Bucks have been there if the Brooklyn Nets had been healthy? Probably not. But it was so, so, so refreshing to see a team that wasn't like to see a team that wasn't a super team right like to see a team that didn't have th- three or four future hall of famers on it win a championship because it's like you know like oh yeah of course they were gonna win right so say what you want i enjoyed the hell out of this milwaukee bucks and phoenix sun series um much respect to both teams i cannot wait to see what they do next year um and yeah, but shout out to Giannis. It's it's impossible to not like Giannis, man. Like, it's impossible to not root for that kid. He's so great. Um, his mindset and his approach to the game and to just life in general is really spectacular. So shout out to Giannis. Shout out to the Bucs. Um, of their first championships since like, what, 68 or something like that? I can't remember off the top of my head. But it's been a while. <laughs> it's been quite some time. But moving on from congratulating them, we have the offseason moves, which dominated the headlines the past two weeks or so. And there were some moves that obviously we have to talk about. Now, first things first, I want to give my Chicago Bulls a pat on the back let me try that again a pat on the back can't talk today um i love the moves that they've made um i had a feeling i knew that lonzo ball was an option and i had a feeling that it was one that was going to get done um it, that was the move that i kind of expected to happen us going out and getting demar de rosen as well but then also still retaining some of our other young pieces. You know, that was one of the things, like, in this trade for Lonzo Ball and then the trade for DeMar DeRozan, we were able to keep our young pieces. Like, Kobe White is still here. Patrick Williams is still here. Laurie Markinen is still here, right? Um, And more importantly, you know, this – you're going to have a Chicago Bulls starting five that probably is going to look something like – Lonzo Ball at the one, Zach Levine at the two, probably DeMar DeRozan at the three, um, maybe Laurie Markkinen at the four, and then Nikola Vucevic uh, at the five. And that's a formidable starting five, especially in the Eastern Conference. The Eastern Conference isn't as deep as the West. This is a Bulls team that, one, should make the playoffs, and two should in my opinion be one of the top five teams just based off their roster because like i said they will still have good pieces coming off the bench like i said patrick williams who is a young uh the young wing that we drafted last year who again i was a little critical of i was upset i really wanted Obi Toppin for this bulls team but patrick williams has been very very good um He's progressing very well. And I love, I knew Patrick Williams. I started to get on the Patrick Williams hype train when LeBron James, after they played after the Lakers and the Bulls played a game, it was a time that if someone was just kind of asking him about Patrick Williams, you know, like what he thought of him. And he was like that. He's, he gave him a huge compliment by saying, I see a lot of Kawhi Leonard in him. And if that is his ceiling, truly, then okay, I'm with it. So we'll see, though. But the Bulls made some great moves, like I said, bringing in Lonzo. I mean, they completely reshaped this roster, man. Like, this team looks so different from the one that we had at the beginning of last year. So, and most importantly for the Bulls, this gives Zach Levine incentive to stay. That, to me, is what's almost more important than anything. Because Zach Levine is the superstar of this team, right? Like, he's the number one option. He's the guy. Like, I understand Vucevic um, was big down in Orlando. He's made a couple all-star games. He's been to the playoffs a couple times. But Chicago, the Bulls, this is Zach Levine's team. And I think that with these moves, this is very clear that, hey, we're trying to win. We're trying to win now. And we want you to lead us as well. We've got you a supporting cast. Now it's time we make things happen. Um, so we'll see. So I love the I love the I love the move that the Bulls have made. Um, obviously, some of the other big moves: Kyle Lowry, who I thought was going to end up being a Laker, ends up getting traded to the Miami Heat. Um, PJ Tucker also leaving the Milwaukee Bucks to go to Miami as well. Um, Jimmy Butler signed a huge contract extension with Miami. Is what well, uh, this offseason? I'm liking what Miami's putting together. You know, they have a really good. Um, they have a really good infusion of both young and veteran talent. Um, obviously, we know how much they love that young core of. Tyler Hero and Duncan Robinson, you know, like that was one of the one of the talking points during the beginning of the year. Earlier on, was you know, the Miami Heat didn't trade for James Harden because the Rockets were asking for Tyler Hero and Duncan Robinson, and the Heat said no. You know, Pat Riley didn't want to give those guys up. Now you have a situation where I think Tyler Hero will be able to learn a lot from Kyle Lowry because Kyle Lowry is a Refined, just absolute professional player. Point guard um, brings championship caliber experience, and I think it also takes a little bit of. It takes a little pressure off of Tyler Hero, who I think had a lot of expectations on his on him, this up this upcoming season, based off of how he played in the bubble two years ago. Um, he kind of took a step back. That whole Miami Heat team really took a step back. Um, but yeah, I, I I like that move of bringing in Kyle Lowry. Uh, Kyle Lowry, you got Now, like I said, you have Lowry on that team now. You have Jimmy Butler, Bam Adebayo is still there, obviously. Um, PJ Tucker comes in. They've got some pieces, man. Miami has some pieces. They have a great coach in Eric Spoelstra, and like I said, Jimmy Butler's a great leader. I've mentioned how he truly is a special player. Um, And a special leader, he gets the most out of his guys. And whether you want to admit it or not, whenever Jimmy Butler is on the team, they get better. It's just a fact. Look at his track record. Chicago, Minnesota, Philly, all of them were better teams when Jimmy Butler was there. So that's uh, some of the big moves. Obviously, though, we have to talk about the biggest move. Um, and that is the Los Angeles Lakers, just saying screw it to youth. And hey, I I will give them I will give them props. They are they are going all in on this idea of we are going to maximize our window uh, that we have with LeBron and AD, and try and win as many championships as we possibly can. And we'll worry about having a good future later on we're worried about right now and i i respect that however i look at this team and this team is very very old i believe when the season starts they will have an average age of i think 34 which would be the oldest um basically they would be the oldest team in the nf in the nfl in uh nba history based off their average age of player um you have LeBron James, who is over 35. Russell Westbrook um, is, I believe, 33. Carmelo Anthony is over 35. There's a bunch of guys, I believe, currently on their roster. They only have about, what, three or four players that are under 30. And only, like, two of them, between Kendrick Nunn, Malik Monk, and uh, Taylor Horton Tucker are the only ones that are under uh, 25. I believe Anthony Davis is about 28, 29, and then you have a bunch of other guys. Everyone else is in their 30s, and like seven of them are above the age of 35. So they're going to be an old team. It's going to be very interesting to see how that factors in. Um, I think there's going to be need to be a lot of rest on this team. Um, but when you just look at the moves that they made, you know, trading for Russell Westbrook sign carmelo anthony i'm now granted i don't like the los angeles lakers right and i'm open i i'm open about the teams that i do and don't like right like i don't i don't hide my 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 hate but i also am not biased right like i i, I do my best to you No. Know, Keep it, keep it keep it, straight. And so this is not me being a hater of the Lakers. This is not me being a hater of LeBron. I don't think this team is built for a championship. The spacing on this team worries me. Carmelo Anthony, at this point in his career, is kind of just a role player. Um, he's someone who can hit big shots for you still in moments, but he's not someone that you're really counting on to win you games if you're getting 15 points out of carmelo anthony that's a good like 15 points if you get 15 points out of carmelo anthony that's a big game for him um at this point in his career russell westbrook who i adore i absolutely love what he stands for just as a person um i think he is a really great leader however russell westbrook is notorious for pressing too hard trying to force things and if we're being completely honest not having his best performances when the games matter most he is someone who struggles in the postseason um and you're adding also he doesn't shoot the ball well which is really what you need especially if lebron is going to be on your team because lebron deals so much with you know setting up the offense and he has and he does dominate the ball at times granted i think he'll have no problem sharing that responsibility with russell westbrook but the spacing on this team like when you look right now at this team your best three-point shooters are what wayne ellington and then anthony davis like legitimately, like Wayne Ellington, Anthony Davis and Malik Monk are probably the three best three point shooters on this team. Um, so I just I don't know how it's going to work. And like I said, they're all old, you know, they're older players. How will their bodies be able to handle? Like we saw that this year, you know, LeBron and you know LeBron was coming into the postseason and he was dealing with a nagging ankle injury. Uh, Anthony Davis was playing through and then ended up injuring his groin and that ended him. He was done for the uh, the rest of that series. They went on to lose. So I just, I get it. Like I said, I understand trying to maximize this short window that you have because you don't know how much longer LeBron James is going to play. So I get it, getting in veterans and trying to bring in as much Uh, experienced talent as possible to make the most out of this window, but I think this is something that the Lakers might come to regret. I do. I think that because I don't think they're going to win a championship. I just think that I think with a team this old it's going to be very hard for all of them to stay healthy and to not just be worn down towards the postseason. Where you're gonna have to be going up against teams like the Denver Nuggets, who will have you know, former MVP and Nikola Jokic, um Jamal Murray will be back healthy, they'll have Michael Porter Jr. You'll have the Golden State Warriors, who I expect to be all the way back as long as they are healthy. You know, like if the Golden State Warriors, who also, by the way, re-signed Andre Igadala, so is back in Golden State. Um, but you have curry you have thompson you have draymond green they've you know james wiseman i think is a great pickup for them because i i think he fits well enough into their system where he can be a real big man but can still run the floor and allows them to have a true rim protector and big man even when they do want to quote unquote play small ball um there's just so many teams in the west luka Doncic is the man in dallas and if they if luka Doncic ever gets A reliable second like if he ever gets a reliable Robin to his Batman boy the Mavericks are scary um the Clippers obviously are still there we saw the Clippers make it to the Western Conference Finals this year um Paul George really seemed to come into his own and shake off that whole pandemic P moniker and really stepped up big in moments when the Clippers needed him to you know Kawhi Leonard is staying in Los Angeles so now maybe, oops, I keep hitting this. I'm so sorry, guys. <laughs> um, but now, you know, we got to see what the Clippers are going to do, right? Like, I think it's, it, I think after seeing how this team performed, especially Reggie Jackson, who Reggie Jackson was like one of the five best players in the postseason this past year. Like, Reggie Jackson was phenomenal. Um, you know, you get Kawhi back, You the Clippers are definitely going to be a part of that conversation. The Phoenix Suns are still there, right? Like, Chris Paul re-signed with Phoenix. He he didn't go anywhere. Um, Like I said, this... The Utah Jazz. Like, there's so many teams in the West that it's going to be very, very tough to make it out for anyone, let alone a team that has multiple guys over the age of 30 on that team, right? Where the majority of their team is made up of guys that are above the age of 35 so it's going to be interesting um it will be great to see russell westbrook in the lakers jersey um, i think it'll be cool to see all those guys in the in, in lakers jerseys i think it'll be really cool to see lebron and carmelo anthony finally play on a uh nba team together as opposed to just like an all-star team or an olympic team um but yeah we'll see man We'll see. Whoo! Basketball. 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 Very interesting. I think this is this year. I I just I really don't know what to expect. Also, you have the Ben Simmons saga. Like, is Ben Simmons going to get traded? I've been saying this for a long time. I've been saying this in all honesty, really, for like four years now. Um. They should have been traded Ben Simmons, in my humble opinion. Um, I never thought Ben Simmons would be a part of this team as far as getting them to win a championship. I think Ben Simmons is still a great player, but I think the experiment of Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid has run its course, and it was a failure. And a large part of that is because of Ben Simmons. Um, I think it was Beaumont Jones who put out a tweet speaking about the Philadelphia 76ers and it was a really great tweet um, where he said Philadelphia built itself on the idea that they had two superstars. But the truth is they have one superstar and Ben Simmons. Joel Embiid is a superstar on this team. Ben Simmons is not. And I think a fresh start somewhere, especially with the way the with the way Doc Rivers really the entire 76ers like organization just kind of threw him under the bus after that series where they lost to the Atlanta Hawks last year. I think it'll be hard for him to come back and feel comfortable um obviously we already know that they're trying to move him so we'll see what happens there but this Ben Simmons saga is one to keep an eye on as well but NBA is going to look pretty different this upcoming year and that's always a good thing always a good thing I'm always for it always but we are getting pretty late into this uh this episode i know it's a first episode back so i knew i was gonna be a little over but let's go ahead and start to wrap some things up real quick um olympics shout out to all of the olympic athletes usa um took home the most medals as well as the most gold medals um actually was the only country to win over 100 the only country to break three digits in their medal count uh so just want to give a very quick uh huge shout out to um, all of the olympic athletes specifically um Naomi Osaka, Simone Biles. Listen. Do not and I and I'm sure they already know this. I'm sure I don't need to tell them this, but those young women do not need to heed um any uh of the words that come from people who couldn't perform a fraction of the things that they do uh in their respective sports they are absolutely incredible so shout out to the olympic athletes uh, for everything that they did and a little bit of international sports news um going around around the globe uh which in all honesty was very shocking that this came about but it's not how this happened it was a little shocking but I understood it the big news really that Messi will have to move on from Barcelona was insane Um, I'm not a huge soccer fan however even if you don't know anything about soccer you know that there probably is not a better football player in the world than Messi we know how closely you know he is linked with this Barcelona team and this was really a situation of sadly the the roosters coming you know uh or I I, wow I totally blanked on what that saying is but anyways Um, this is basically just an example, you know, uh, of, (laughs) um, you know, you you have to pay your dues, you know, and that's, and everyone wanted to blame La Liga for this. This is not La Liga's fault. This is not La Liga's fault at all. This is really Barcelona's fault. Um, la liga responded to you know obviously and i i don't know if some of you all remember we spoke briefly about how some of the teams from some of these other uh leagues in uh soccer leagues were some of the bigger name franchises were attempting to build their own league uh, i believe they were going to call it the super league or the premier league or super league i believe it was the was the um was the name that they were going to go for but la liga definitely wanted to punish them for that and so la liga responded by putting a hard cap on the franchises you know they put a hard salary cap for really the first time ever in la liga history and that salary cap really crippled barcelona because for so long barcelona just went out and I mean, they would literally just go and basically buy guys off from other teams. They would just, were giving out monster contracts to everyone. Like they were like the Yankees, you know, like they were like the Yankees in the 2000s, you know, where it was just like, okay, we're just going to pay everybody. We're going to grab all the great players and we're just going to pay them more than anyone else because that's what we're willing to do to win championships. And that's kind of what Barcelona did. And so when la liga put this salary cap in place even if messi would have played for free this year they wouldn't have been able to keep him like that's how that's how that's how much money they were spending that's how much uh money they were giving out in these contracts so seeing messi have to leave is uh it is tough it is tough and his exit conference um it was rough seeing how emotional he was like i said me even being someone who doesn't follow soccer that well or that close it was it was emotional you know and he had to take multiple stops you could see like you could see he was bawling his eyes out like his eyes were extremely red like this wasn't just a oh i'm emotional like this is like real. like he was torn up about this so um it's going to be interesting to see how that works moving forward um, and see what Barcelona does because they've got a lot of, they've got a ton of situations to figure out down there. Um, But also the news did come out that (laughs) promptly, of course, Messi um, did find uh, his new team. He will be playing with uh, Paris St. Germain or PSG uh, moving forward. Uh, So, think he he he's happy to be there but I know he's he's got to be torn up about this situation with Barcelona as he should be because this was this was something that we didn't expect because if you remember it was kind of a really big deal that they were there was a little bit of strife between Messi and Barcelona for a little bit there because they weren't sure what they were going to do with his contract and then It was almost like wait a minute is he gonna leave but then they kind of came together kind of put their differences to the side they were able to work things out and that's when they gave him like that huge five-year uh extension for that contract and we everyone was like okay things are peachy again and then la liga comes and drops this bomb and now barcelona just basically has to let go of damn near everybody um and messi unfortunately is one of them so crazy world crazy world the uh the world's most popular sport is is football but not american football but yeah uh so gonna be interesting to see how that you know, say speaking of things changing and all that but i think i've had you guys here long enough what we're about hour and 10 minutes into this yeah, that's that's, that's enough I, th- I think i've talked to you guys ears off enough but thank you all so much for uh coming down here thank you all so much for listening um and yeah this thunderstorm is still going crazy outside i want you guys to know like it's it's weird like it's not even raining either but anywho i'm gonna go ahead and get out of here let you guys go thank you all so much for tuning in um if you like today's episode tell a friend to tell a friend if not just act like it didn't happen um of course this has been the instant replay podcast i am dominic sharowski thank you all for listening i'll see you friday It's just different.